Hello. <laughs> we didn't plan that accordingly. We did not. We never write out the beginning of the episode. We sit here and stare at each other. <laughs> it's like a a gun duel <laughs> in the old west. <laughs> like who's going to draw first? <laughs> and then we usually start at the same time. We do. They're like, oh. oh, oh, oh. <laughs> it's like the most awkward we've ever been with each other is it's, trying to start a podcast. It's like s- staring at each other in the eyes, like trying to figure out what the other person's going to do. And it's like, who's going to do it? And are we going to ever say anything unique other than, hey, everybody, hey, welcome hey. to the We Don't Want to Grow Up podcast. <laughs> It's Stacy and Pete. I I listen to some other random podcasts and they they come in hot. Oh yeah, with the bands, but they don't ever. Well, the ones that I've checked, anyways, don't have like a an intro. They just come in yapping. Well, someone messaged me a long time ago and suggested that we introduce ourselves at the beginning of the episode in case someone is new to the podcast with that particular episode and they don't know our names. Well, I feel like we say our names every single time. Well, I so. know, but we didn't initially, I think. We didn't. No. And they were suggesting that we did. So now I always try to do it. Because well, it's true. Like it is I, true. a lot of times you just go into an episode assuming that everyone that's listening has already listened to all your previous episodes. And so they're, you know, in on it with you. But if it's a brand new listener that only cares about Heather's yeah. the movie which is what we're covering this week. Oh, spoiler alert. <laughs> they probably saw that when they clicked on the episode. Oh, but... yeah, I forget about that. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, they might be brand new, and so they don't know that we're Stacy and Pete. I wish I could find that stat, like, on a per-user basis. What's the percentage of episodes that a user listens to? Because I consume, in general, almost every episode of podcasts that I listen to. Almost. I I would say the only thing I get selective with is my F1 podcast because there's just some people. It's like this dude from like 1950 that I'm like, I don't care. But honestly, I'll get to that episode and I'll listen to it and I'll care. So it's like then sometimes I just start at the beginning and I work my way through. I feel like I consume a lot of my podcasts differently because they're all different kinds of podcasts. Yeah. So some I will go based on the title so I can see what it's about. Right. I feel like people that consume this podcast, it's kind of like... It's probably hit or miss of people who like to start at the beginning and listen to every single episode so they're well-informed. They've not missed any stories or any right. anything. There's people who listen who like probably didn't listen to our challenge episodes or our real-world homecoming episodes or something like that. Looking at you, McNair. <laughs> <laughs> but there are people, though, that like maybe you get all caught up. But then, like, if you really like a podcast and you miss it because yeah. they're on a break, then that's the time that you're going to go binge about something you never even watched <laughs> yeah. just because you miss listening to the host talk or whatever. I've done that with podcasts that I listen to. Have you? Yeah. Okay. So. I guess I do the same thing. Like, if I get to the end where I'm caught up, then I go and listen to the other stuff. Right. It's just like, I don't care about insert here. Yeah. Well, we've talked about this before, but I always try to recommend like if somebody's new, like if I'm telling them about the podcast and they're like, oh, I'll have to go check it out. I'm always like, well, listen to a recent one first yes, and then go too. back because then you can see that we've gotten better, but don't start out with the first one. 
but we've you know we've we've covered it. We've we've uh, shat on ourselves enough (laughs) for that first episode. (laughs) Are we going to have to bleep that? I don't know. I don't think. I think we should leave shat. (laughs) I like it. Oh my god, (laughs) that is so crass. So crass. Okay. So what happened in the social media world this week? Okay. One of the biggest posts on Instagram, this was actually like two weeks ago, but I feel like because we kind of record for two weeks every other week. Does that make sense? We record every other week. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Swimming in the Pacific Ocean over there. Yes. I'm saying. (laughs) What did it say again? I don't even remember how I said it. We record for two weeks every other week. <laughs> Why is that weird? We record content for for two weeks, for enough to last weeks. us two weeks. Yes, but we record it every other week. So okay. we have now every, I'm on the same every page. other weekend we record, and then on the off weekends we don't record. <laughs> We've started doing that. Yeah, after this last break. Yes, and it it works a lot better for us because it's it's hard to try to do it every week. It is, and especially for you from like an editing standpoint. I mean, yes. it's like it's the same amount of editing for both of us, but we do try to get it done in a more compacted time frame. So then we kind of like have a a week off. Yes, and and we found that that's really important. It is, yeah. So anyway, uh, a big post that we had two weeks ago <laughs> <laughs> was something that I shared from another account. I think the account is called Moist Buddha. I don't know if you follow them, <laughs> but I ran across it and I just I had to share it because I had to hear what people would say about it right. on our page in our community. And it was a picture of the cast of Cheers during season one, and it had all of their ages posted on the picture, how old they were at the time. It was mind-blowing. Absolutely <laughs> mind-blowing. I, I saw that. I was like, what? It hurt my feelings. <laughs> yeah, I didn't understand it. So this was in 1982 was when Cheers started. Right. Ted Danson, who played Sam, was 35. Right. He's one that I could see being he, yes, 35-ish. Him and Shelley Long, I could see. Shelley Long was 33. Yeah. And I feel like if you just put like current styles on them and like current hairstyle, current clothing, right. they would look those ages probably. Yeah. Then the situation changes. <laughs> You've got Rhea Perlman. Is it Rhea or Rhea? Uh, I always thought it was Rhea. But... Okay. That, I've, that's how I've always pronounced it. Rhea. <laughs> well, uh, here there's a, a county, but it's called Ray. That's Ray true. County. But I feel like I've always heard it pronounced Raya Perlman. That makes a lot of sense. Anyway, Carla was 34. She looks like she was 50. Sorry. Yeah. But yes. I always thought that's about what age she Me was. Me too. And George Went, who played Norm, was 34. Now, Norm... Wait, which one? He had the curly hair. Okay. He was the more heavyset one. Yes. Okay. Yes. He was 34. He looks like he's dead middle 40s. Uh, he lo- I thought you were saying he looks like he's dead. I was <laughs> like, wow. Like he's pretty much dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. And John Ratzenberger, who played Cliff, was 35. This one is not true. It he, is he true. Was I looked it 35. up. He was not 35. He's the reason why I went and looked it up to make sure that this was all correct. I thought he was like 61 and about to retire. I definitely thought that he was like mid to late 50s. Yeah. For sure. 35 years old. 35. Now. Like, that is seven years younger than I am right now. <laughs> that's what? That's 10 years younger than me right now. And people were saying, like, maybe it's just the mustache and he had a little bit of graying hair. But I'm just like, I can't. He's 35? That was absolutely mind-blowing. As honestly, this next one is. 
I know. Well. So Nicholas Calasanta, who played coach, was 58. Again, I thought he was in his 70s. I thought he was in his 70s, too. When I look at the picture, he looks like he was in his 70s. Yeah. What's really sad, though, is he, I don't know if you remember on the show, but he passed away in real life in, I think, 85. Did he really? Which is why Woody Harrelson came on. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, wow. So he died like in his early 60s. Yeah, he had a heart attack. Oh, gosh. I know. But it, I mean, this one caused a lot of <laughs> discussion. Yes. I started to say flutter. <laughs> Flo- oh. People were all a flutter. <laughs> so I feel like we should now go to all of the shows that were popular in the 80s and check out their ages and see what's up. Yeah, just in general. I don't know why. I think it was the styles. Yes. Everybody looked old or older anyways. Everybody looked like they were 40s or 50s and they were probably 25, like perfect strangers. Um, Who was the lead actor there? The guy who played Larry. Y- yes. I feel like he was like 23 or something. <gasps> yes, wasn't we he? talked about that on the episode. Yeah. I can't remember the, the actor's name. Look, look it up real quick, please. Mark Lynn Baker. Mark Lynn Baker. Yeah. We talked about that on the episode that we did about perfect strangers. 23. So this started, he was born in 54. So he was, no, he was like 32. Oh, I thought, I thought that we just said he was in his 20s on the episode. I thought he was too. It says 86 to 93. 54, that would make him 32. Oh, all right. Well, maybe we were wrong on the perfect strangers. Or maybe we're misremembering Going what we said in, in 32. Office. Yes. <laughs> we're headed straight to the VP's office yeah. right now. For lots of reasons. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but yeah, I mean, to me, he looked like he's older than we look now. All I have to say is this has actually just made me feel better about myself. Yeah, I mean, although I feel like I'm starting to age a little bit. No. I see myself on FaceTime occasionally, and I look like my uncle, <laughs> who's like 60. Oh, you do not. <laughs> That's how I think Stop I look. Stop it. I think it's because my eyebrows are graying. Just don't talk bad about yourself. Yes, dear. I'm sorry. You're sexy. You're sexy. Thanks. (laughs) It's also funny because when I was looking at the years that all of them were born, it was like kind of the same years that my mom was born. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. When we were watching it as a family, they were my mom's age. My dad was older than them. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, and I think a lot of it's probably perspective, too, because when you're a kid, people in their 30s look Oh, yeah. Way older. Yeah. But I always thought my parents looked young. Well, they looked like your parents at that point, you know? (laughs) But even when I got older, I still felt like my parents and my aunts and uncles looked at the same age for 30 years. Mm -hmm. It's only like until recently that I've noticed that they've started aging. Yeah. And I think, honestly, it's because I don't see them as often. Yeah. Like, I haven't seen my mother in person since 2019. 19, yeah. So I don't know what it's going to be like to see her now, you know, if we go up there this year. Yeah. I've seen photos of her, right? Right. FaceTimes, but I don't know. It'll be weird. Yeah. All right. Well, that that was an interesting post. It was fun fun to see people's reactions to that. Yeah. Let's get on with it. It's time for show and tell. Who's coming to the front of the class this week? This week we have Misty. And she said in parentheses, does it get more retro than that? It's not a common name now. That's true. Yeah, you don't hear about new babies named Misty. No, but I knew a few Misties. Yes, me too. But they were all like late 70s, early 80s babies. Mm-hmm. It was the true. cool name back yeah, then. Yeah, for sure. I graduated with a girl named Misty. 
So she was born 1979, same, same as, as you. Her favorite 80s movie, Clue. Yay! Good call. HM's Back to the Beach and Summer School. I mean, Misty would have been my BFF. Yeah. I loved all three of those movies so much, and I'm so happy she mentioned Back to the Beach. I think I've talked about it on the podcast before. I think when we were talking about what we would do in the summer, mm-hmm. we would go to our cabin at the lake, and we didn't get a lot of channels, but we would get like TBS where they would show reruns of Beach Blanket Bingo right. and all the Frankie and Annette beach movies. But this one actually came out in the 80s with them older. Yeah. They went back to the beach to visit their old haunts. It would be good to go and watch that because I know I watched it because I loved those as well, but I really do not remember it. We absolutely have to watch them this summer. Yeah. I'm very excited. And summer school, too. I loved summer school. I want to cover all, uh, well, at least want to cover Clue and summer school on the podcast. Clue, we've been waiting for that documentary. I know. Because I want, I really want to watch it before we cover it because that would give us a lot more content, a lot more things to talk about. We'll have to see if it's come out yet. They keep pushing it off. Mm-hmm. But anyway, favorite 80s song, Girls Just Want to Have Fun by Cyndi Lauper. HM's Venus by Bananarama and Karma Chameleon by Boy George. Very good songs. Yes, all very feel-good songs. Mm Mm-hmm. Favorite 90s movie, Romy and Michelle's High School Reunion, which we just (laughs) covered. We did. And actually, the day that we released it, Misty commented in the Facebook group that she just happened to be wearing her Romy and Michelle shirt that day. (laughs) How funny is that? (laughs) That is funny. Because she didn't even know we were covering it. That's awesome. HM's Austin Powers and the First Wives Club. Nice. I love Austin Powers. (laughs) Oh, that was on Patreon, right? Where we did the trivia game? Yes. <laughs> okay, we played a game for our Patreon, and it was kind of like Taboo or... Oh, a $25,000 pyramid. Yes. Yeah. Uh, where you <laughs> give each other clues or whatever yes. to try to get them to name a movie or an actor <laughs> or whatever. I think it was just movies. It was the yeah. Blockbuster game. Right. <laughs> and he was trying to get me to guess Shrek. <laughs> Shrek. <laughs> In his clues, he said, a green Austin Powers. I said, Austin Powers, but green. Oh, Austin Powers, but green. (laughs) I could not think of the name Mike Myers to save my life. And this, the blockbuster ticking clock was counting down. And I'm like, oh, Austin Powers, but green. (laughs) And you didn't get it, surprisingly. I I was so stumped. One of our Patreon members told me that they got it. And I was so jealous because I'm like. Uh, I felt so dumb. I feel like we want to make a t-shirt out of that or something. I know. Well, and then later I got Austin Powers to try to get you to guess, but I didn't think to say, hey, not Green Shrek. (laughs) Yeah, not Green Shrek. (laughs) I was not quick enough on my feet for that That would have been perfect. Uh, Anyway, if you'd like to join our Patreon. Yeah, come join the fun. (laughs) Patreon.com slash we don't want to grow up. Okay. Favorite 90s song, Criminal by Fiona Apple. So good. I can listen to that CD or that that album. I mean, front to back. On repeat. On repeat. We need to get that on vinyl. Oh, yeah. 
HM's You Oughta Know by Alanis Morissette and Creep by Radiohead. So good. Yes, we definitely would have been friends. Yes, absolutely. Favorite 80s TV show, Designing Women, HM's of The Cosby Show, and Roseanne. And favorite 90s TV shows, Beverly Hills 90210, HM's The Nanny, and Friends. I love The Nanny. Nanny? I love Brand Finds Fashion. <laughs> that was one of my favorite this or that's to do yeah. on our Instagram. Toy that you loved most as a child. The original NES, which we just got. Yeah. For, or you just got for Christmas. And we actually were just talking about me lugging the 500 pound television back downstairs <laughs> and put it to where you can play it downstairs again. Yeah. Well, I just, I just don't like coming upstairs all the time. It's not the coziest. No, I mean, it feels like this is a different world up I here. I know. We never come upstairs to other than to record. Or to work out. Or to work out, yeah. I wonder what her favorite games were on the original NES. I know. HM's Anything Strawberry Shortcake and a record player which got upgraded to a boombox. I remember being so excited when I got like all the evolutions of ways to listen to music. Yeah. Record player, tape player, boombox, then the three-piece stereo mm-hmm. that we've talked about a lot. Good times. Yeah, I remember when I got my portable CD and tape player. Yes. That had like the bass boom button. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, favorite game that you loved as a child or teenager? Bubble Bobbles for NES. Oh, so oh, there's your answer. Here you go. We got it right here. And guess who? Guess who? That's a fun game. That sounds really familiar to me. Did it have like a detective on the front or something? Yes, I think so. Okay. I feel like it was kind of like memory, but not like you would, you would have like characters and you would try to guess who your opponent had up. Okay. Does that make sense? It does. We should try to get it played. I know. Favorite book that you loved as a child or teenager, book series, Sweet Valley High and Fear Street. And then she lists chapter book, Just As Long As We're Together by Judy Bloom. You know, I don't know if I read that one. I've never heard of that one. I mean, I've read Judy Bloom books, but I'm not sure about that one. I also didn't read any of the Fear Street books. Right. I really want to get all of these books and read them again. And I have all of my Babysitter's Club books. I'm not lying. I want to read them. You should. Because when I look at them, it makes me so happy. (laughs) So I feel like reading them, I would feel that way too. I want to read some because I think I'll remember it too. What if we had an episode where we like just read a chapter out of the Babysitter's Club book? Oh, that'd be a lot like of the fun. first one. Yeah, Christy's great idea. I think that's the cool. name of it. <laughs> we should do that. <laughs> that that could be what we do for the summer when we're actually on a break. Yeah, and we'll just like read the book, but we'll break it up <laughs> into chapters and break it up into episodes. Should we act it out? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> can I be the boy characters and some of the girl characters? You can be whatever you want to be, baby. All right. <laughs> Favorite place to go in the mall in the 80s, 90s, early 2000s. It's a small world, which was like a cutesy accessory store for tweens. Lots of Hello Kitty. See, for me, that would be a Sanrio store. All right. Which I always had to go to every single time we went to the mall when I was in middle school. Then Suncoast, Gadzooks, and Mervins. I've heard of Suncoast and Gadzooks. I feel like maybe I've heard of... It's a small world, but I've never heard of Mervyn's. Mervyn's, I think, was a big department store. I don't, We didn't have it here. I'm not sure where she's from. Okay. But I'm sure it's, it's probably like a regional. 
situation. And finally, anything else you'd like us to add about nostalgia slash fond memories or this community? She says, if there was some magical way to go back, even if it was just for a day, to take in all the sights, sounds, and smells of the incredible 80s and 90s. Until then, the cozy feels of my past come through by listening to this podcast. Aww. Oh. Pete and Stacy are like the two best friends you never knew you needed to help us remember when. <laughs> I'm also welcoming the new phase of my life by continuously repeating, they just don't make things as great as they used to. Aww. Oh, thank you very much. Misty. Yeah. You made me all misty. <laughs> <laughs> I bet she's never heard that one before. Yeah, that's the first time. I am a little teary right now, though. That's <laughs> that was so sweet. sweet. She also reached out, and she's been, you know, she's like longtime listener, first time yeah. caller kind of thing. Right. But she wrote the sweetest email just like a month ago, I think. And I read it to you yeah. in the morning, and it just made our day. It was like exactly what we needed to hear at the exact moment. Right. And she's like, oh, well, I'm so glad that I waited because I almost wrote you a ton, but I just, I waited. And so I'm so glad that it, it found you at the right time. Yeah. It was so sweet. <sighs> and it's just, yeah. I mean, those are just the reminders of why we're doing this. Mm -hmm. So thank you, Misty. And thank you everyone for yes. being here thank you misty and everyone else so if you would like to be featured in our show and tell segment you can dm us on instagram at we don't want to grow up pod or email us at we don't want to grow up pod at gmail.com and you can find us on tiktok at we don't want to grow up there is a very fun facebook group the cozy club fans of we don't want to grow up you can help support the podcast by joining our Patreon at patreon.com slash we don't want to grow up. And if you like our content, we'd really appreciate you giving us a five-star rating and a quick review. It may be annoying that we ask this all the time, but those numbers do matter for us. So if you haven't done that, please just take a few moments of your time. And share about the podcast and our social media. If you have any friends or family that you think might enjoy it, spread the word. Let them know. All right. Like we said before, this week we are covering... Heathers. So this came out in 1989, which I always thought it was earlier than this, but 1989 was the year. Yeah, it was after Beetlejuice. Yeah. So in my mind, I always feel like... Heathers was way before Beetlejuice. I feel like it was an 86 movie. Yes, me too. Wrong. Very wrong. This was written by Daniel Waters and directed by Michael Lehman, and it was both of their film debuts. It was produced by Denise Denovi, who at the time headed Tim Burton Productions, which is funny because as we were watching, we were like, this isn't a Tim Burton film, is it? Because right, it, it does have that feel. Did. And it has, you know, Winona, and it also had Glenn Shattuck, who was also, he played Otho in Beetlejuice. Oh, okay. Okay. So I was thinking there has to be some kind of tie there. So there was. There was. <laughs> so Heather's is about a group of four girls, three of whom are named Heather. The other is named Veronica. They basically rule their school. Yeah, they're the rich, popular girls who weren't nice. Veronica is clearly over the way that the people in their school are being treated by the Heathers. And when she meets the new guy, JD, he leads her down a dark and twisty path that ends with a lot of people dead. Yes. 
It was not what I anticipated, and I'll talk about it later, but yeah. uh, this movie definitely caught me by surprise. This was Pete's first time watching Heathers. It was, and I came in with no knowledge of the movie. Right. So the cast, Winona Ryder as Veronica Sawyer. Christian Slater as Jason J.D. Dean. Shannon Doherty as Heather Duke. Lisanne Falk as Heather McNamara. Kim Walker as Heather Chandler, who sadly passed away in 2001 when she was 32. I know. I, I had no idea. Yeah. Penelope Milford played Pauline Fleming. Glenn Shaddix, as we mentioned, played Father Ripper. He passed away in 2010. Lance Fenton played Kurt Kelly. Patrick. <laughs> oh, that's an interesting last Labortio name. as Sam, as Ram Sweeney. It's funny. I got Labortio out and I couldn't say Ram. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you how Labortio is spelled. L-A-B-Y-O-R-T-E-A-U-X. And that was the first time I've ever pronounced that name. Good job. Thanks. I was trying to think of where else I knew him from because the whole time I was like, I know this guy. And then I realized that he was in summer school, which we talked about earlier. Yeah. And he was also on Little House on the Prairie when he oh, was, was much he? younger. Yeah. Oh, okay. Which is funny because Shannon was also in that. Mm -hmm. Jeremy Applegate played Peter Dawson. And he, I don't want to say the word ironically, but, right. but considering what this movie is about, um, he died by suicide in 2000. Oh, gosh. He was 34. That sucks. Yeah. M. Lodge as M.C. May. Renee Estevez as Betty Finn. She's actually the daughter of Martin Sheen, younger sister of Emilio Estevez and Charlie Sheen. Oh, really? Yeah. She played Betty Finn? Betty, who was like Veronica's friend, like kind of the oh, yeah. girl who they okay. the, the Heathers didn't accept. Yep. Carrie Lynn as Martha Dump Truck Dunstock. People are so mean. Yes, they are. And Phil Lewis played Dennis. So fun facts. Waters intended for the film to contrast the 80s rom-com slash teen flicks of the time, particularly those written by John Hughes. It would do this by presenting a cynical depiction of high school full of dark satire. He said in an interview with Entertainment Weekly, the teen films of the time, the John Hughes films, were fun, but there's a whole other wing of the high school that they weren't going into. So true. The dark Stephen King wing that nobody wanted to look at. And I think Heather's was refreshing. It was the first time a lot of people lost their dark humor virginity. Very true. Very true. I was talking to my best friend the other day who loves this movie. And she was saying, like, I think that's the first time I realized that I was okay with, like, the dark yeah. humor. <laughs> yeah, because everything else was, like, saccharine sweet in a way, you know, mm -hmm. even if it was angsty. Right. Uh, this was definitely a different take. Absolutely. So Daniel wrote this screenplay while he was working at a video store. Did he? Yeah. And... <laughs> He wanted the film to be directed by Stanley Kubrick. Oh. He, he was a big fan, but he also thought that, quote, Kubrick was the only person that could get away with a three-hour film. So that was his plan initially. And the cafeteria scene near the start of Heather's was written as an homage to the barracks scene, which opens Kubrick's full metal jacket. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. But he never managed to get his script to Stanley. I wonder if he would have been interested in it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what age he was at that point. I'm trying to think of the correlation between the barracks scene and that. That's interesting. Maybe the leader, Heather, is kind of like the drill sergeant. I don't know. I haven't watched that in so long. I just don't remember. It's been a long time for me as well. And I only saw it once. <laughs> so in the original version of the script, JD does successfully blow up Westerberg High. Hmm. 
And the final scene features a surreal prom gathering of all the students in heaven. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. (laughs) It it is. Executives insisted that they change that ending. (laughs) (laughs) I really would like to see that version. Yes. I wonder if they ever shot that or if it just got immediately pulled. I bet if they shot it, we would see it at some point. Yeah. So a lot of different actors and actresses turned down the opportunity to star in Heathers because of its dark subject matter. Early choices for Veronica were Justine Bateman and Jennifer Connelly. Mm. Winona really wanted the part, so much so that she begged and offered to work for free. (laughs) And this was after she had already been in stuff. She really wanted it. Was this not her film debut, though? No, we just talked about how Beetlejuice was before this. Oh, yeah. And she was Duh. in Mermaids and some other stuff. Oh, you know, I'm I'm thinking about Julia Roberts in a completely different movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. <laughs> Sometimes my mind, it drifts. <laughs> so on a similar front, Brad Pitt read for the role of JD, but didn't get it. Daniel said, after the reading was over, the pimply faced blonde Brad Pitt came up to me and said, hey, man, I know I'm not anybody. But for what it's worth, that was brilliant. I love that. Yeah. (laughs) So apparently when Christian auditioned for the role of JD, he thought he blew it and threw a tantrum and he (laughs) tossed the script into a trash can. (laughs) (laughs) He's perfect for this. I know. Heather Graham, who was 17 at the time, was offered the part of Heather Chandler, but her parents didn't approve. Kim Walker, who was dating Christian Slater at the time was then offered the role. This was new information for me. I did not know that they were dating when they filmed this. Oh, really? Or I I didn't know that they had ever dated. I don't think that I wrote it down in the notes, but apparently while they were filming, Christian became like really enamored with Winona. Did he really? And kind of, I think he was also a little methody Mm -hmm. (laughs) while filming. And so it was like, he kind of got lost in that role and his kind of obsession with Winona. Yeah. She wouldn't date him. You know, because he had a girlfriend. But after they broke up, I think that they did. Oh, did they? Date a little bit. They tried. She (laughs) said she remembered a few kisses that were great. So I don't think it was like a boyfriend-girlfriend thing. Yeah. They probably went out to dinner or the Viper Room. (laughs) (laughs) So Lee Sam Falk, who played Heather McNamara, had told them that she was in her late teens during the audition, but she was actually 23. Which, something like that, wasn't that rare later on. No. But I guess back then, I don't know. But it was only after she was cast that she finally told them how old she really was. <laughs> I think it generally they had like 27 to 30 year olds playing 16 to 18 I mean, they year definitely olds. did like on Beverly Hills 90210, which was a year later. Yeah. Speaking of. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of, Shannon Doherty wanted the role of Veronica, but Winona had already been cast. So the producers asked her to audition for the role of Heather Chandler. She was more interested in playing Heather Duke and ended up giving an amazing reading, which secured her the part. The producers wanted her to dye her hair blonde to match the other Heathers, but she refused, so they compromised on her having red hair. Did she have red hair? I yeah. she had black hair. No, it's red. Is it? Mm-hmm. Okay. I think you can really only tell in like certain lighting or whatever. I gotcha. So the stories of Shannon being a bit much uh, go back beyond 90210. Mm-hmm. Michael Lehman called Doherty, quote unquote, a bit of a handful on set. And that was mostly because she refused to curse or say any of the more explicit lines. Really? Yeah. Lisanne Frank said that Doherty, quote, didn't have much of a sense of humor and took herself a little seriously. (laughs) And then DeNovi said, I don't think Shannon really got what Heather's was. And that worked for us. She made that character real. 
And apparently when the cast first viewed the movie, Shannon ran out crying because she realized that the film was a dark comedy and not the drama she was expecting. (laughs) Although I don't know how you don't gather that. Seriously. By being on set. I have no idea. (laughs) I mean, that's that's interesting. Shannon said an Entertainment Weekly interview There might have been some tears in the eyes. She laughed. I was worried people wouldn't take it the right way. I was worried about social responsibility and what we were saying. Then I watched it again and I was like, wait, this is really good and cutting edge. So I guess she came to terms with it. Yeah. I mean, and I can see if you were raised a certain way that you might be concerned. Yeah. Because this was the first time, at least that I know of, that people were putting something like teen suicide out as a joke. Yeah. Or even really talking about that at all. Flippantly. Yes. So, you know, she just was definitely, she couldn't find the humor in it, Mm. but at least she eventually did and understood why people liked it so much. Right. So in the film, they used two different versions of Que Sera Sera. And the first was by singer Sid Straw. And then another one at the end credits was by Sly and the Family Stone. On the film's DVD commentary, DeNovi says that they wanted to use the original Doris Day version of the song. But Doris Day wouldn't lend her name to any project using profanity. (laughs) Using profanity? Yeah. Man, people got some hangups. So Waters created a specific set of slang and style of speech for the film, wanting to ensure that the language in the film would have a more timeless quality instead of just reflecting actual teen slang at the time. So a lot of the language made its way into the popular vernacular. Yeah, it did. The film is among the most cited in the Oxford English Dictionary. (laughs) That's funny. So in 2010, Heathers was adapted into a stage musical that was directed by Andy Fickman. And then Heather's the TV series premiered on October 25th, 2018 Mm. on the Paramount on the Paramount Network. Really? Or I guess Paramount Plus. Yeah. I really want to watch it just to see what it's like. Yeah. So in its first season, it was like a modern day reboot of the film. And the series was intended to be an anthology where each season would take place in an entirely different setting from the original film. Which I think is kind of an interesting concept. Yeah. Shannon Doherty had a cameo in the pilot episode. I thought this was interesting because you and I even talked about this, how a movie like this would never happen today. Mm -hmm. Like they would never be able to do it because of things that have happened in the world. Right. But I guess they did. Yeah. I I have got (laughs) to watch this now. But its premiere was delayed twice, I believe, because of two different school shootings that happened. Like they they kept trying to... Okay, this is when we're going to start. This is when we're going to air it. And then this shooting happened and they were like, okay, maybe it's not the right time. And then they try to do it again. It's awful. Like at this point, it's difficult to find like a window of time where it's not happening. Right. Awful. And then Viacom just pulled the show altogether, stating that there wouldn't be any more after the first season. And I think that there's something about the fact that it's not actually a horror movie because like. We talked about this. We watch horror movies all the time. Yeah. Where teenagers are murderers and do all this horrible stuff. But there's something about the fact that it's not a horror movie that makes it unsettling. It is. And it's you never want any type of media to encourage that type of thing at all. So that's why I think we were of the opinion that a show like that or movie would never happen nowadays. Obviously it happened, but it didn't last. Yeah. I will say that in doing all the research and everything, it was really fun because everything I read that Winona had to say about the movie was so positive. Like she loved this movie so much. 
She's wanted to do a sequel for years. She always brings it up to the creators and they all kind of just laugh it off. Mm -hmm. Like they don't think that she's serious, but she's like, I would still do it. She's like, I wanted to do it in the 90s. I wanted to do it in the early 2000s. I still want to do it. She said that she's never felt done with Veronica. I don't know how like somebody with that much clout in Hollywood can't get something like that done. It's like you find a writer and you you find where Veronica would have ended up 35 years later, 32 years, whatever it is, 33 yeah. years later. Sorry. And then you try to get it off the ground. Like there's so much crap that comes out. How bad could it be? Like, well, how, how does Netflix if, not make this movie? Yeah. And if you have Winona Ryder tied to it, right. like I'm sure that she could get at least some of them to come back to do it again. But maybe it's because she would want it to be the writer yeah. and the producer and everybody that was on the team yeah, maybe. Yeah. before. And if they're not on board, then she wouldn't do it. Yeah. I don't know. But I loved seeing an actress not being like embarrassed or wanting to be separated from something that she did in her early years. Like, yeah, she like really loves it. it and embraces it. Right. Because to me, we've talked about this before, but it's just off-putting when an actor is like, I don't want to talk about that anymore. I want to yeah. talk about what I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> we want to talk about the movie that we fell in love with you on. Absolutely. Like, yeah, sure. Let's talk about your new stuff, too. But let's not forget that. I just really... Like that about her. Yeah, it's like a band not wanting to play their hit right. songs like, at their Sorry, bro. Concert. You got to play it. Right. <laughs> That's what we're here for. <laughs> exactly. All right. So my favorite time and hopefully somebody else's favorite moments. My favorite moment of the show is favorite moments. <laughs> <laughs> my first one, the fashion in this movie. I particularly enjoyed Veronica's blazer with all of like the black and white designs. It was just very what I thought would be mid to late 80s. So late 80s. But this movie was just jam packed with kick ass blazers. <laughs> it was. Everybody was wearing a blazer. <laughs> Guys, girls, principals. Everybody had a sweet blazer on of some kind. <laughs> blazers. And also, side note, Lead Heather's PJs were pretty sweet. Lead Heather Chandler. Heather Chandler, yes. When she died. When she died. Well, speaking of that, like, I love the fact that her bedroom had her designated color of red mm -hmm. and her kitchen, all of that. I was noticing that on the second go around because I watched it again yesterday as a refresher. But yeah. my first favorite moment is that opening scene. Kesara Sarah is playing and we meet the Heathers all in their colors. Heather Chandler is in red. Heather McNamara has yellow. Heather Duke has green. They're playing croquet. And, you know, this is where we understand that all their names are Heather because you, because they say, It's your turn, Heather. Now, Heather, it's Heather's turn. Heather. Sorry, Heather. <laughs> and then we see that they're all aiming for Veronica's head. And then Veronica goes into narrating with Dear Diary. Uh, it's just a great way to suck you into the movie right away. And I also love all the blue that Veronica wears, especially the tights. Was that blazer I was talking about? Is that actually blue and not black? Just like no, really sometimes like sometimes they would have, they would wear like other colors, but they would make sure that they always had their signature color on. Okay. Like at one of the funerals, I can't remember whose funeral it was at this point, but <laughs> Heather McNamara had all black on, but she had yellow hoop earrings. Okay. So it's always there. I definitely Small noticed detail. all of that way more than I did when I was younger. Right. All right. My second favorite moment, the shock that I felt when they actually killed the first Heather. 
Heather Chandler. And we talked about this earlier, but I've never known what this movie was about. I always thought it was either a rom-com or a rom-drom, but <laughs> I had no clue going into this that it was going to be a horror slash thriller movie. I was taken aback when they killed her because I was like, what are we watching? <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was really funny seeing it through your eyes. <laughs> yes. I just kept saying like, what did you think? You know, and you're like, I just thought it was going to be like any 80s teen movie, like a John yeah. Hughes thing, which is funny when I did the research and found that that's what he was trying not to do. He's trying right. to do the opposite of that. But yeah, when you're not expecting it, it's a lot. I'm telling you, I have like a vision in my head of my expectations of this movie. And it's like people in like a field rolling around kissing. I don't know why I can like see that image right now. Uh, when well, I there's, think of the movie a, there's a moment of people rolling around in a field, but it's like. A date rape is happening. That's true. But this is like a sunny oh. hilltop scene. Hmm. But yeah, so that that was my <laughs> expectation coming into this movie. I was like, I must have seen it, you know, or something. And just That's funny. Yeah. Because I kept saying, why are you so shocked by this? Like, we watch way worse <laughs> things than this. Yeah, we watch so many it. horror movies. <laughs> but yeah, when you're, it's a little out of place. It's yeah. disconcerting. Mm -hmm. Okay, number two for me. <laughs> There are just, like we said before, so many phrases that the writer put into this movie that were unique and quotable moments. And a lot of it caught on, like, what is your damage? Like, I'm pretty sure that's in Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie. Mm -hmm. I remember her being like, what's your damage? <laughs> Which was 92. And then like, can we please jam now? And I need to motor. Like, those things definitely caught on. And yeah, then, I need to motor, I feel like people still say. Yeah. And then some of it kind of remains unique to Heather's, like... Oh, very. And... me gently with the chainsaw. Do I look like Mother Teresa? <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite moments of the movie. Absolutely agree. And even how JD speaks to Veronica is unique, like with the... Greetings and salutations. <laughs> I mean, what teenager talked like that? Exactly. <laughs> my final favorite moment... The incredible golden cobras on either side of the fireplace at JD's house. <laughs> I was just like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Do you remember those? Yes. Now I that you love them. It. That's something I kind of still want them today. Like right now. <sighs> no. And I, they could go along with like the, the witchy wedding ring that I wanted. It's like, that's my style, man. Like I'm hip. <laughs> man. Oh, here comes Hitman <laughs> again. Hitman's back again. Da -da -da. He needs his own like theme song. He does. I've got a new keyboard coming in November, so I'll, I'll write my own Hitman theme song. Look forward to that. <laughs> yes. Keep waiting. <laughs> his keyboard coming in November. I'm so excited. I know. It's the Rolly Seaboard. He's wanted it forever. The Rolly Seaboard 2. Oh, right. They're, they're releasing the second version of it. Upgraded finally. version. Yes. Uh, who, who am I thinking of? There's like, a, is it, am I thinking of like Ross on Friends when he started trying to play the keyboard and he thought he was so good? Yes. And he was very dramatic. Yes. This He'd is like, what I imagine you doing. Yeah. He, he wanted to, doesn't he say like, uh, I wanted to express myself on my instrument or something like that. He's like very formal <laughs> about it. And he would be, he would be at the coffee shop yes. playing for people and he'd be like, Doo -doo. <laughs> this is going to be my life come November. <laughs> All right. My third favorite moment is the end of the movie when JD asks Veronica, now that you're dead, what are you going to do with your life? And she doesn't say anything. She just pulls the cigarette out of her jacket, puts it in her mouth and waits for the explosion of the bomb that he's wearing to go off so that it lights her cigarette. Mm -hmm. And then after it happens, <laughs> you know, she takes a drag off the cigarette. She walks back into the school and she's 
looking rough. You yeah. know, her hair's all wild. She's got soot all over her face. And Heather Duke sees her and she's like, you look like hell. And she goes, yeah, I just got back. <laughs> and then she snatches the red scrunchie out of Heather Duke's hair, who had, you know, tried to take the lead after Chandler died. She puts it in her hair and she says, Heather, my love, there's a new sheriff in town. <laughs> and she kisses her cheek and walks down the hall. And then that's when she runs into Martha, who's in her wheelchair. And she's asking her if she wants to watch movies instead of going to the prom. And it just ends with them walking off. And Martha's like circling around in her wheelchair. Yeah. And that's what I liked about Veronica. Like she did some screwed up things. Mm -hmm. But in the end, like she actually just wanted to put an end to the Heathers and like the way that they were treating people. Like she never called Martha, Martha dump truck. She called her by her real name. Mm -hmm. and You know, she wanted to still be friends with her less cool friend and all of that. So she just got mixed up with the wrong crowd. She really did. And then like JD took it to another level. He had his own agenda. He did. He definitely tricked her into doing these things. Oh yeah. But, but it's like fake bullets that, you know, yeah, <laughs> she, well, was, she was, she was easily young, tricked. Gullible. She was very easily tricked. <laughs> All right, HMs. This is a small one, but I noticed all the milk the football players were drinking in the cafeteria. Like, there was like eight things of milk. I love you. You noticed the most <laughs> random things. I was like, their stomachs are going to be very upset out on the football field. <laughs> I mean, listen, that was the age of got milk. Got milk. Does like, the body good. Yeah, it was like a protein shake. Except, you know, just milk. It's like instead of Big Pharma, it was Big Milk. Big Milk. <laughs> big Dairy. <laughs> There's always a big debate whenever I share like one of the Got Milk commercials. You know, the ones that have like, it's like the little boy standing in the mirror. Have I talked about, I don't know if I've talked about this on here or not. And he's no, talking we to, about him, it. to his, like his future self who's yeah. older. And he's like, yeah, you're going to grow up one day. And as he, he grows and then he like gets the hot girl yeah. or whatever. Every time I share those, it is a huge debate. It is. People very upset about the way milk was pushed on us. Right. Big milk. <laughs> big milk. Okay. My first HM is after Heather Chandler dies, you first see the other girls in the locker room and Heather Duke is eating a chicken leg and like going to town on this chicken leg, like licking her fingers and all of that. And Veronica's like, watch it, Heather. You might be digesting food there. <laughs> and then Heather McNamara is like, yeah, where's your urge to purge? And she's just like, F it. It's like she can finally eat now. And it just shows like the hold that Heather Chandler had over her. Right. And it's not like she was overweight in the slightest. No. But I mean, it, you know, we all know anybody can have an eating disorder, but it was just kind of an interesting way to like, again, the dark comedy, like sure. making fun of the fact that she had an eating disorder. But I did think it was funny that like as soon as she was dead, she's just like, <laughs> give me the chicken legs. Chow down. <laughs> all right. My final HM. I only have two on this one. But in the movie, there's a small part where somebody flips somebody off. And says, sit and spin. <laughs> and it totally reminds me of this time when I was younger. And I don't know. I think I talked about this on the podcast at some point, maybe. But I was 10 to 12 years old riding my bike past these kids in town. And they yelled something at me. And I flipped them off. Then the one lead kid comes out and says, stick that up your mama's butt and rotate it. <laughs> that has stayed with me my entire life <laughs> from a, something that makes me laugh at very random periods. What a burn. Sick burn. I wonder if that kid remembers it. <laughs> I wish we could find that kid. I wish we could find that kid. If you remember some puffy haired kid on like a black BMX with gold rims, that was me. And I flipped you off. <laughs> 
Okay, I have two more HMs. So this one, you know, it's hard these days to to see a moment like this and not be like, oh, that's problematic now. But when I watched it on the second go around, and I was also reading some stuff about it, my feelings kind of changed about it a little bit. Mm -hmm. So the scene after Veronica and JD kill Kurt and Ram, and they've made it look like they were lovers. Yeah. Kurt's dad is standing next to his casket, and he's like, my son's a homosexual, and I love him. I love my dead gay son. And I mean, it's meant to be a comical moment, of course. It's a memorable moment in the movie or a memorable line anyway. Sure. But when you think about the fact that like back then talking about someone's sexuality in a movie was pretty taboo if it wasn't a straight person. Right. And when you did talk about someone that wasn't straight, it was usually in a derogatory way. Mm -hmm. A lot of times in the John Hughes movies. Yes. They use the F word a lot. They do. And they may have used it in this movie, too, but it was only used, I think, by the people who were like by Kurt and Ram, probably by people who were already problematic, Mm -hmm. you know, and they were acknowledging that they were problematic. So like if this were a typical 80s movie, the dad would have been angry, probably and embarrassed Mm -hmm. about the fact that his son was gay. But instead, he's loud and proud about who his son is. And how much he loved him, even though he wasn't actually gay. Right. But it's, you know, it's kind of refreshing to see, even though it's like this big comical moment, but it's still like this football loving dad. Yeah. Who, and, you know, I know that's a stereotypical thing of me to say too, but. Well, for the time. For the time. It definitely subverted expectations of what you'd expect. Yes. A parent in a movie from 1989, what their reaction would be. Yes. What the opinion would be, all of that. So it was an interesting take by the writers. Yeah. And then my last HM is after Veronica throws up at the Remington party that Heather Chandler has so kindly taken her to. Gifted her with that. And Heather is just so awful to her about it. They have one of the best arguments outside that involves Heather saying, like, I brought you to a Remington party. And what's my thanks? It's on a hallway carpet. I got paid in puke. And the way Veronica just quickly goes, lick it up, baby. Lick it up. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was actually my third HM. Oh, you should have taken it. The lick it up, baby. Lick it up. I love that. I really that just threw it in there because I was afraid that we were going to go by and not mention that line. Well, same here. I'm glad we have it in there. Yeah. Oh. Very memorable. And just even like, because I left some of it out because they're just like, there's a lot of, you know, curse words and stuff. And sure. like, we have to limit how many times we can bleep something out on Yeah. Here. We don't have to. Each one takes work. It does take work. (laughs) But like just Heather Chandler, who's just like, you were a bluebird. You were a brownie. You were a Girl Scout cookie. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just imagining him writing these lines. I love it. Well, that's it. That's Heather's. We've done Heather's. We've wanted to do Heather's for a while, or I've wanted to anyway. Well, I'm glad I watched it. Well, we did, you know, we we watched three movies together. Obviously, it was too much to try to put into one episode, but you could probably guess what three movies we watched. So just look forward to Jawbreaker and Mean Girls coming at you soon. Our Mean Girl trilogy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So 1989, highest grossing films. You want to start at 10? Yeah. Number 10, Born on the Fourth of July, brought in $161 million. All right. Number nine is Ghostbusters 2, brought in $215 million. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids came in at number eight, $222 million. Number seven is Lethal Weapon 2, earned $227 million. Number six, The Little Mermaid, ah. $235 million. Ah, that's what I should have <laughs> said. <laughs> Fifth place is Dead Poet Society at $235 million. Look Who's Talking. Ah. Uh. 
Number four, 296 million. Wow. Third place is Back to the Future Part Two. It earned 331 million. Number two, which we just recently covered, Batman. 411 million. <laughs> Batman. <laughs> Batman. Well, that was a big jump, 411. That is a very big jump. And the number one highest grossing film of 1989, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. It earned $474 million. I don't know why it feels like that movie came out in like the late 90s to me. But yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I always feel like that one came out a lot later, but obviously wrong. Have you seen all of these movies? Um, I think that I've seen them all except maybe Born on the Fourth of July only in the background while my parents watched it. Okay. I've I've seen them all. I don't remember Born on the Fourth of July, but I know I've seen it. Is that Tom Cruise? I'm pretty sure. Okay. I know what it is, but yeah, the others I all I've seen many times, but so as far as actor and actress debuts for this year, 1989, William Baldwin in Born on the Fourth of July. Oh, Billy Baldwin. Mm -hmm. If you listen to our Dear Diary episode recently, I mentioned <laughs> him as my favorite male star. Yes. Yeah, from 1994. 94, I was going to say, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I didn't see him in this. Did see him in Sliver. Ooh. And Backdraft. You shouldn't have. <laughs> Ooh, Backdraft was good. Yeah. Adrian Brody was in New York Stories. Anna Klumsky, Uncle Buck. I love her. Kirsten Dunst was in New York Stories. Vivica A. Fox was also in Born on the Fourth of July. Oh. Carla Gugino was in Troop Beverly Hills. Terry Hatcher was in The Big Picture. Bryce Dallas Howard, Parenthood. I think her dad did that movie. Mm. Allison Janney was in Who Shot Patakango. I've never heard of that. Me either. Martin Lawrence, Do the Right Thing. Ah. Toby McGuire, The Wizard. Mary Louise Parker was in Signs of Life. Rosie Perez was in Do the Right Thing. John C. Riley was in Casualties of War. Sam Rockwell, Clown House. Renee Russo in Major League. Wow, that was her debut. Yeah. Huh. Adam Sandler was in Going Overboard. Molly Shannon was in The Phantom of the Opera. Two SNL people. Yeah. Tom Sizemore was in Lockup. Emma Thompson was in The Tall Guy. And Elijah Wood. Back to the Future Part 2. Wow. I do not remember him in that movie. Well, he was obviously very young. Yeah. Lots of good people got their debuts that year. Yeah, absolutely. Good year. All right. Well, as always, that was a fun time. It was. And uh, we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Later. Later. Catch you later. Catch you later. Later.